0: Welcome to SECC. We pray that you are blessed today as you listen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Thank you. You can shout now. We're done with COVID. You can yell to your heart's content. Heckle and all sorts. It's brilliant to be together. i love it to see you all. Hope you've had a good week. And, uh, and it's just starting to feel like... Um, things are sort of normal again-ish, and uh, it's just good to, uh, to meet you all, meet new people, uh, a couple of friend, new friends this morning, so welcome you to our service, hope you enjoy it. And it's just really good to come together and worship God. And, uh, and the summer, as lovely as it's been, even the summer's been a bit weird, because we've all gone off in different directions, so it's going to be really nice just to come back together. I've missed, I've missed this, um, being together. I know we're not all here, but um, I've missed um, just seeing more of us in one room. Um, it's been a very long time, and uh, and it's just good. It's just good. I hope you've enjoyed worshiping together this morning. Two really quick notices that I'm, I should have said at the beginning of the service, but better late than never. Um, and everyone's here as well because we weren't all here at the beginning. The um, so two things, just a reminder: our prayer meeting uh, called closer is on tonight at seven o'clock. I guess we'll be in here. We'll be in here. So come along, and pray, um, and we're going to just ask for. To, to, got to move in this place as well. And I should have reminded you, you may have seen it on the screen, we've got a very special event on the 9th of October. Uh, There's a group called the Faraday Institute, Um, Christian scientists, Christians who are scientists, um, and who work in the field of science, uh, are going to be running a workshop uh, on the 9th of October answering, I don't know if it's possible to put the the thing back up quickly, is that possible? (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) See, we'll see at the end. But answering questions about science and faith and some of the top 10 questions that have been asked as well as uh, a chance to then stay on for an optional um, seminar at the end about how to communicate your faith uh, when being asked sort of difficult scientific questions as well. So please come along to that. Well, it's a suggested donation of £5, pounds, um, but that's up to you. So don't, don't not come if it's too much. But everyone is invited, whether they're part of this church or not, but please come on the 9th of October. So, I need to talk about something else uh, for a few minutes, which isn't the sermon, you'll be pleased to know. Um, But, so I want to talk a little bit about church, and how church is going to change, um, at least in the short term, and uh, and we hope in the long term. But we're going to try something new um, from next Sunday onwards. Really, it's this Sunday, because we've got lunch, but really, properly, it will feel different, church, from next Sunday. Uh, One of the things we want to be is a courageous bunch a bunch of people that are creative and prepared to go we feel God is leading us and to take risks. And if those risks don't work, not to worry about it. And, uh, and I think so often we colour within the lines, don't we? And we say, well, we better not try that. What if it doesn't work? Well maybe we should ask occasionally, so what if it doesn't work? And that's what we're saying now. So I've got a couple of slides. I want to tell you about what we're doing from the 12th of uh, this month onwards. So just to be clear, every first Sunday of every month will be like you experienced this morning, a kind of more familiar uh, time of worship, uh, ending with a long period of lunch, which although Alien corrected me, we should probably call it brunch, to be fair, because it's 11 o'clock. Um, but a chance to be together longer and really grow Uh, and that sense of belonging together as one family. But from the 12th of October, we're going to be uh, extending our time of worship, because uh, often God only gets an hour on a Sunday morning, and we'd like to give him a bit longer, because he is the king of the entire universe, after all. So from next Sunday, we're going to be extending our time of worship. So next slide, please, to use an old joke. Um, There we are. Because COVID has come, and COVID is possibly on its way out. We won't get too excited just yet. And COVID has disrupted absolutely everything, And rather than power back to the way we did things, because that's how we've always done it, uh, actually, COVID presents us with a wonderful opportunity to take a chance and do something different. And that's what we want to do, use this disruption to be creative and innovate and try something a little bit different. Next slide, please. Because the current reality, last time I made a joke, the current reality of church is that, that we all come on a Sunday morning and a select few of us get to use our giftings from the front, be it worship or speaking or whatever it might be. We get to use our gifts, but the vast majority of the congregation simply listen and go home. And you are all gifted spiritually as much as the rest of us. And actually, we want to be a church community where people get to use their, everybody gets to use their giftings. So rather than a few using their gifts in front of the many, we want the many to use their gifts for everybody. So from the 12th of September, everything is going to change and we're going to redo how we engage with God and how we engage with each other on a Sunday morning, all ages being welcome. There we are. So the plan is simply this, that we want to have a time of worship where we don't just listen, 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 we also share. That we hear God's word, but then we share it amongst each other, that we discuss it together in a way that we don't normally do on a Sunday morning. We want to have a Sunday morning time of worship that is truly multi-generational. Many churches try and most churches fail to include the whole of God's community in a time of worship. But it occurs to many of us that in the first century and certainly in the Old Testament, there was no such thing as Sunday school. It is a a modern-ish invention comparatively. But we we believe we want to have a time of worship that is multi-generational where we all come together, that no one is left behind, and we get to all worship God as one family, from the very youngest to the very oldest. And then the plan is that we grow together as the community of God. It's so easy to invest in every other part of your life, work, job, friends, families, hobbies, and invest over there, all your time and effort and money and whatever it might be, but This is your God-given family. This, these people in this room and those watching at home, I'm sure will be back soon with us. This is what God calls us to invest in, in a real intentional way. So we want to grow together in community. So that's the plan. And this is a service outline which you probably... You can see better than I can because that's miles away. So every week, every week, regardless of whether we're having lunch or have our extended time of worship, will begin at 10 o'clock in the morning. That is our service time start, no matter what day it is, even Christmas Day. So don't worry about it. It will always be 10 o'clock. There's no need to worry. It's not going to change. So when you come in at 10 o'clock next Sunday, the first half of our time of worship will feel familiar. There'll be a bunch of worship songs. We'll have our Bible reading, and there'll be a a shortish sermon from me, like I'm about to do now. Then, at about quarter to eleven, tea and coffee will be served. Um, it will be in the hall, and that's when we'll grab a coffee, we'll chat for a bit. But at eleven o'clock, the second half of our time of worship will begin. And it's that that's going to be slightly different to what you've experienced so far. That will begin with a time of worship, uh, again, so that will be more worship, which is good. You can't worship God enough. Then we're going to have a creative Bible reading. So each week we'll ask a different family or group or connect group to come up the front and uh, demonstrate the Bible passage in the most uh, ridiculous, creative way they possibly can. And if you watched online, you would have seen the Tucker's version of David and Goliath. Uh, We're thinking that kind of thing, possibly, but we'll get to there eventually. And then we're going to have multi-generational learning. And so what will happen is... Um, there will be blocks of teaching maybe three to four minutes so the same talk you would have heard in the first half um, will be chunked up and it'll end with a question and that question uh, will be related to what's just been said and then there will be an activity or a selection of activities that were designed to engage everybody in the room it may involve standing up it may involve moving it may involve finding someone um, that's in your group and sitting with them it may involve doing all sorts of crazy things. It's evolving in our minds the whole time. But what we want is a teaching time where we engage all the senses, not just the ears, where we listen and then we discuss and then we share. Where I might say to Roger, I know because I can't because I'm doing the talk, but um, let's say, Izzy, might say to Roger, My answer to this question is this, what do you think? And Roger might say to you, well, actually, yeah, that's really brilliant, but I read the same thing a couple of months ago, and it was brilliant, and I learned this, and when I listened to the first half, that's what I got from it, and they share and they talk. And whatever activity goes with it is fun and lively and engaging, and all the things it should be when you're a family. Families should laugh together. Families should enjoy each other's company. Church so often gets that wrong. And so we want to do that during our teaching time. At the end of our teaching time, uh, we'll have another short time of worship and then we want to end with a bit of ministry. We want to be a people that prays for each other. It's so easy to say, come to the front for one or two people to pray for you. But actually, as a church community, our children included, we want to teach them what it means to pray for someone. Maybe lay hands and ask for the blessing of God to fall on them. And then it will finish. And then we'll go home. We'll do it again the following week. So, I was going to end with a whole big speech about risk-taking, and if it, does, if it doesn't work, we won't worry about it. But you know what? I'm not going to do that, because I don't believe in talking defeat where you, where you tasted victory. And I believe God wants us to try something new. I believe God calls every church in this land to take a risk, and it isn't really a risk. Is it coming to worship God? It's not a risk coming to uh, join together as God's community, but we have for too long, to lived separate lives, except for that one hour on a Sunday. And it's about time we changed that. And we loved each other deeper and deeper and deeper. So this will only work if you come. (laughs) Um, We recognize that maybe if you've got very younger ones, the first half, uh, you may choose to come at quarter to 11. That's okay. But we're asking everyone to come for the whole time. And so those of you that are already thinking, that sounds awful, I'm not coming to that. Please don't go home at quarter to 11. Please come. This is your family. And they need your wisdom. And they need your experience and your understanding. And they need you to come and laugh and take part and share what God has put in your heart. Um, but I just want to do a couple of things um, just uh, before we sing again at the end of our, our service. Um, a friend, uh, uh, let me tell you a little joke. Um, if you're new here, um, the expectation is that you laugh even if you don't find it funny. Um, and, it's not, and if you find it funny, it's my an original Hanson. If you don't, then I got it from Google, um, which is fine. That's how you go. Um, A friend was in front of me coming out of church one day and the preacher was standing at the door to shake hands. He grabbed my friend by the hand and pulled him aside. The pastor said to him, you need to join the army of the Lord, my friend. My friend replied, I'm already in the army of the Lord, pastor. The pastor questioned, how come I don't see you except at Christmas and Easter? And he whispered back, it's because I'm in the secret service. Thank you. It's the original Hanson, in in that case, on the strength of that sneaker from three of you. Um, (laughs) um, For a lot of people, church is a joke, a place of ridicule, full of old-fashioned people, an irrelevant group of human beings who are so out of touch, it's scary. Full of people who are probably prejudiced, and are all probably drawing their pension. If you've been a Christian for any more time than about 10 minutes, you'd already know that actually that... Prejudice that's often levied at Christians in the church is all too often untrue. The truth of being a Christian and belonging to a local church is actually quite wonderful. That we get to belong to this amazing community. And as a group of local Christians, we experience unity together in a way that society does not have on offer and simply cannot match. We get to be a church, a community of people from all walks of life, ages and stages, and other um, countries as well, where all people come together. And we come together to do the one thing that all human beings were privileged and made to do, which is to worship the living God. Somebody uh, wrote this. Growing up on the Atlantic coast, it's not about me clearly, I spent hours working on intricate sandcastles. Whole cities would appear beneath my hands. One year, for several days in a row, I was accosted by bullies who smashed my creations. Finally, I tried an experiment. I placed cinder blocks, rocks, chunks of concrete at the base of my castles. Then I built the sand kingdoms on top of the rocks. When the local tufts appeared and disappeared, their bare feet met their match all of a sudden. Many people see the church in grave peril from a variety of dangers, secularism, politics, heresies, and good old-fashioned sin. But people forget that the church is built upon rock, Matthew 16, verse 6, and is so strong that the gates of hell itself shall not prevail against it. Today we're kicking off two exciting things in the life of this church, and I genuinely am excited for the next few months The first is, of course, our new service format, which I hope you will enjoy and give yourself to. The second is a new Connect Group study called Love Your Church. This Connect Group study, uh, I'll show you the book cover there, is based on a book by a man named Tony Merida, and he's written this book to challenge and excite us about the responsibilities and the privileges of being a Christian, belonging to a local church, the very body of Christ. There's a picture of the book there. Our connect groups for the next eight weeks are going to study the material in this book. Uh, Me and Andrew are, are converting it into a sort of video so that we can watch it together in connect groups rather than just study the book on its own so the material we're just we're just going to do as a presentation so you can watch it in your connect groups and you can see our lovely faces as we as we read and go through the material together but this book is going to be brilliant and our connect groups are going to study every single week for the next eight weeks and the sermon that comes at the end of the week will sort of mop up everything that's gone before um, that's happened in that week and just kind of sum everything up uh, that you've been discussing in your connect groups it's going to be a really good valuable two months so important is it that our worship group are making space during their practices to watch the videos and have a discussion on their own also me and Andrew will be offering a Saturday morning connect group for those of you that can't make weeknights and who are not yet in a connect group so if you'd like to see me or Andrew afterwards we'll let you know what time we start or we'll agree a time we can start together but this is going to be a really exciting Um, material course material to go through as a church and i think it's going to do wonders for us it's going to really help us and challenge us as we move out of covid into um, back into what it means to be god's people let me ask you a question as we move on in this short talk Um, when you hear the word church what images or words come to your mind you might want to shut your eyes if you can see that and when you hear the word church what images or words come to your mind Just think for a second. Share with the person next to you if you want to. You haven't got to just listen to me the whole time. What do you think when you hear the word church? Okay. Let me ask you this. When asked, why do you attend church, how do you answer? When that person at work or a family member or a new friend discovers your secret that you go to church or one of them, uh, how do you answer? What do you say to them? Uh, rob pierce uh said something i thought was really good a chuck swindle quote at our connect group leaders meeting the other day and I, I asked him to send it over for us and this is what chuck swindle said imagine you were in, a, in, a, in an exam hall and that moment came where the adjudicator said you may begin you nervously turn over your exam paper and there is only one question the question simply reads state the reason you go to church you and many others find the answer easy to worship god You write it down and later you get your exam result back and you are surprised to see the grade 50%. You're shocked. You ask why your grade was so low and this is the answer that comes back from your teacher. You receive 50% because you only gave half an answer. When you inquire what the other answer was, the teacher says to encourage those around you. That would have got you 100%. You see the link hopefully. Hopefully for our new service format to encourage those around you not just to worship God over COVID let me ask another question over COVID have you and I invested more time in the family of God or less over COVID have we prioritized each other and this church and what God is doing in it or are we slowly drifting out the door after a year and a half do we find one foot out one foot in are we as committed as we once were Some things to ponder over the next couple of months. Today really is just a short talk to introduce our series, answering the question, what your church is. And there's just two main points really this morning. And the first is, what your church is, your church is your family. We are all our family in this place. One of my deepest joys since I became a Christian at 11 years old was this dramatic realization that no matter where I go on the planet, There are a group of Christians just like me, odd in all the right places, strange in all the wrong places, and who actually I can love in a second, who will have me around for lunch, and who will look after me, and who will care for me. It might take me time to get to know them, but one of the things I love most about being a Christian isn't just that I get to go to heaven and and not hell, and I get to live forever and have my sin forgiven, it's that actually God has gifted me the most precious thing of all a family so large i couldn't count them if i tried paul says in romans chapter 8 verse 12 therefore brothers and sisters we have an obligation but it is not to the flesh to live according to it for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if the spirit but if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body you will live for those who are led by the spirit of god are the children of god The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your redemption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs of Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. That's a heavy passage. That's an amazing passage. We're the children of God. That's what we are as Christians. Church isn't that thing that we just do. This is where we get to be the body and the family of God. What your church is then is where you are in a family. It's your family where it belongs and comes together. When you became a Christian, if you're a Christian, not yet, if you, unless you've not yet made that step, when you became a Christian, no doubt you were thinking of I, my sin, my eternity, and rightly so, because it's a personal decision. You were no doubt thinking about the changes to your life. But did you realize at that moment when you were saved, when Jesus healed you, when you were forgiven, when your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life, when your sin was wiped clean and you were white as snow and you were given a room in your father's mansion, did you realize that in that moment he gifted you a family, a family so wired and so amazing that it is just the most dynamic group of people you will ever meet and you will never meet all of them until the day you are in his kingdom forever and ever and ever. But did you realize he gave you that gift of a family? Some of us come from broken homes. Some here didn't know their parents at all perhaps or have had broken relationships. But here is the gift that God has given you to overcome that pain. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, Paul says, If I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God the pillar and foundation of truth. In chapter 5, he carries that thought on. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. We've got this family, and we're to treat each other as if we're blood-related, because of course, we are blood-related. But more than that, This family of God, this privilege of having each other in our lives is deeper and more wonderful than that. Because what happens together reflects what will happen in heaven at the end of all things. We have our issues, of course. We don't always get on. We fight and we disagree and we sometimes say things we shouldn't say. But hopefully we say sorry at the end of it all. But actually, this family isn't just nice. Because that's the worst word in the English language. This family reflects something majestic of what God is planning for humanity, those that put their trust in him. In Revelation chapter seven, verses nine to 10, John says this, after this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and before the lamb they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried in a loud voice salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne and to the lamb we're god's children we're in a relationship not just with him but with each other And God's kingdom purposes are played out within the community of God's children. And therefore, we have to be different from the world around us. And so when we come to church, we're different. We live out our faith. We live out something of heaven on earth even before Jesus' return. We're different in the following ways. We're a people of praise. Everything we do as Christians is bonkers to the outside world. We worship and we praise the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When a non-Christian comes amongst us and they see us with their hands raised and shutting our eyes and swaying slightly badly to the music and singing out of time, it's weird. But heaven rejoices with us because we're a people of praise. We're different and that's one of the key differences. We're a group of people that humble ourselves, not under our wisdom or the wisdom of other people, but the wisdom of God. When the world says, this is wrong, and this is right, we say, hang on a minute. Let me just check with the uh, the one that came up with those definitions first. No, that's wrong, and that's right. When the world says, go this way, it's wonderful, we say, well, let me just check who the way, the truth, and the life is. I'll follow him, thanks very much. We submit not to culture, and all of it's aggression, but we submit to the word of God, and that itself is strange. It puts us at odds with a world that is becoming... Uh, increasingly pervasive permissive um but actually we submit and we're different because of it we're sometimes hated because of it and then we're defined by this relationship with each other fellowship and prayer for each other and for us as a community we're different and so over the next two months We're going to see eight sessions that are eight responsibilities for every single Christian in every single church. Eight responsibilities that actually, when you look at them, you may think, oh, that's heavy. But when you drill down, you suddenly realize that actually they're not eight responsibilities, they're eight privileges. Eight privileges that if done with a right heart, with joy and grace, are wonderful to behold. I love hanging out with Christians. I love coming to church events. I miss the things we did when we come together and we laugh and we eat and we joy in each other's company. I miss them. I've hated the last year and a half. And actually we're to be together. And when we look at these eight sessions and how they work out, actually they're a privilege to be a part of. But there's going to be challenges over the next two months. That I can promise you. And maybe there are four reasons. There are four reasons why you may uh, be confronted with some things, or maybe there are four reasons why you're not as engaged with the church community as you once were. The first is past hurts. Some in this room will think, well, I used to do all those things. I used to be a part of my local church. I used to help and I used to serve. I felt so much joy when I was younger. But then this person hurt me. Or that person hurt me. And I couldn't let it go. And so now I'd sit at the the side or the back or the middle or the front wherever I sit and now I don't give myself to the church because I'm not being hurt again maybe you're someone that talks a good game but in reality you join the secret service rather than the Lord's army maybe you're committed in theory but in practice are nowhere to be seen maybe you say all the right things absolutely the church to church to church but I haven't attended a prayer meeting in years Don't help at anything. Don't go to a connect group, whatever it might be. Maybe the talk comes easy, but the action comes hard. Maybe you're just tired after years of serving. Maybe you've helped with something for a long, long time, and you're thinking now's the time of your retirement from church and serving God. Have a look at um, Moses and his brother Aaron. Have a look at some of the old men and women in the Old Testament and the New Testament who carried on serving God to the end. Or maybe you're a church ninja. You must know what a church ninja is. It's obvious. That's the person who we've all heard of but rarely see. The church ninja appears at one minute past ten, slips in. You think, ooh, the church ninja's here. It's brilliant. And you have to get excited. They have to come. And if they come twice in a row, people fall apart. And then the moment the service finishes, the church ninja's out the door. You pray, Lord, bless everyone. Good week. Amen. Oh, they've gone. A church ninja. Everybody, don't be one of them. So let me finish. There's a lot to say over the next couple of months, and it's going to be challenging, but I believe it's going to be wonderful, and I believe it's going to do us no end of good if you give yourself to that as well. If you're not in a Connect group, please be in one. Please come and see me or Andrew afterwards. Andrew is our Connect group coordinator. Please make sure you join us on a Saturday morning or some other group, because to not engage with this. May not may not be the best thing, but we want everyone to do it. And final thought as I finish. Church is so vital, you know, that Jesus died for you to be here this morning. When Paul, Saul as he was, went off to arrest more Christians in Damascus, what did Jesus say to him on the road? Saul, Saul, why do you persecute the church? No, he said, why do you persecute me? Because Jesus and his church are like that we're here because he gave his life so we must give our life to it and to him as well let's just pray for our final song father god well just as we come to worship again lord we thank you lord that we can just be together pray lord for all that's been said all that's going to be said lord all the things we're going to try the next few months lord we can't do any of it without your blessing lord may we not labor in vain Father God, may we be people, Lord, that go by the leading and the power of your Holy Spirit. And I pray your blessing, Lord, on what's been said. That you would challenge all of us. That, Lord, we would all come together again. And I pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.